0: my neck i don't know what it is lately i feel more and more like an old man like my neck keeps going out my back keeps like clicking i'm 25 this shouldn't be happening
1: oh what are you laughing at you look more and more like an old man every day as well ah (laughs) you don't Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of I Don't Know History. My name is Alex, and as always, I'm here as your historian, and I'm joined today by RJ. Hello. Who uh, is super enthused about history today, aren't you, RJ? I'm very excited. It's very excited. He's looking, he's Alex staring daggers at me. me.
0: So I'm trying to be more serious of a human being now. I'm excited to learn about history Um, we lied to you last week. We do apologize. This week, not last week, we keep saying last week, because the way we were Last
1: episode, we did say that this episode was going to be witchcraft. Um, As RJ said, that was a lie, a great big lie, and we're sorry. It wasn't necessarily a lie, it's just that we realized,
0: scheduling-wise, the Witches episode should be closer to Halloween. Definitely should. So So this week, we're giving you a whole hunking chunk of japan
1: uh what do you know about japan aj
0: i have watched precisely the video by oh, i've forgotten his precisely name precisely
1: one video yes uh
0: bill bill burr H- B- bill Comedian. burr no it's not no, bill, bill, bill hurts like
1: that. that sounds right um
0: the history of japan mm-hmm. um so yes i know a lot about japan <laughs> i don't but um, I'm excited to if if we're touching on these errors, I'm excited to learn more about the bit where the shoguns take over instead of the emperors.
1: basically the entire the entirety of that. Oh, nice. So, cool. um, if you're unaware, this is called the, the Japanese period of warring states, or the Japanese Sengoku period, or incorrect Japanese Sen- Sengoku Jidai. Alice should really be. My friend Alice is learning Japanese, so she oh, should really, really is be she yeah. here. Uh, no she didn't work today. Uh, I,
0: that, I was thinking when you told me like bring Alice on but she's uh, working.
1: I want to apologize in advance to any Japanese people who might be watching this episode who's uh
0: or anyone who cultural, knows Japanese and is getting frustrated at Alex's pronunciations
1: that I may butcher. I think my pronunciation on most things is fairly good but it might be a little off so please just bear with me because I'm not Japanese. Sei <laughs> I'm sorry. Sei kangeveller. 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 Well, sorry, are you gonna is it changed? Chlang? Chlang? <laughs> Fair enough. I don't I'm not if you wrote it down for me I'd be able to pronounce it much better probably. Mm. I got is aren't as strong. I'm an Englishman.
0: Yeah, you, you it's not you've, you've adopted the English chl. It's
1: not like a proper Oh it's not l- <TAKE> yeah. It's not, I know it's not chl, but it's just the way I say it, it's <sharp inhale> just the way I say Yeah, l- chlanechli. Should be chlanechli, shouldn't it? Should be chlanechli that really but it's like most places in Cardiff no wonder in Cardiff actually says like Lan-ed-in, and they say Lan-ed-in. Yeah, and me how that does Landaf L- Landuff. Landaf and Landoc <laughs> so Japan yes gave me that sweet Japan cool so what was the Japanese Sengoku period I don't know what, what do you think I don't know alright well it was a long period between 1467 and about 1600 okay Of constant battling for power and influence in Japan Um, Let's look at Japan's leadership structure Pre-1868 restoration So you had the Emperor of Japan Since time immemorial You've had an Emperor in Japan Even despite the fact that there were shoguns And all that sort of stuff There was always an Emperor Currently it is Emperor Naruhito Emperor Naruhito ascended the throne On the 1st of May this year do you know who it was before then? No. Akihito? And do you know who it was before then? No. Uh, I believe he's now posthumously called Showa, but it's Hirohito, who was emperor during the Second World War. Okay. Of Japan. So, currently Emperor Narahito, the first emperor of Japan was Emperor Jimmu in 660 BC, but he may not exist. As with so many things, once you, once you go more than a thousand years in, in the past... Things get a bit Things might, might not, what you're reading about might not actually exist. And they might keep getting story.
0: people mixed up in wrong time periods. Yes. Like, I think Aristotle existed also a thousand years before he should have, or something like something that. There's like, that. someone, uh, one of the Greek philosophers is like, in multiple time periods that they shouldn't be in.
1: <laughs> oh yes, I, I can't remember who that is, but that's there's also a theory that they were just two. Two people called the same thing. That- yeah or called something similar, or have the, just kind have the of, same actual name.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, date confusion. So imagine in the sense of, like, American dates and UK dates. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there were multiple calendars in that kind of sense, but they might have written dates incorrectly oh, yeah, over the years, um, making, like, the 6th of July the 5th of May.
1: Yes, not going to get a great deal of year confusion. But who knows how they write things? Yeah. Anyway, below the emperor, or sort of around and encompassing the emperor, you have the shogun. Now, between 1185 and 1868, the shogun ruled as de facto leader of Japan. Mm-hmm. Do you know the name of any shoguns? No, dude. I'm I... going to tell you several. Don't worry. Okay.
0: I've watched history of, of Japan in ages. Uh, that's
1: okay. So the shogun was a military commander and generally operated as an authoritarian dictator. Yeah. Um, there was no, there was no like council or voting rights or anything like that um but it was in some ways democratic because if you had a big enough army you could support the shogun if he didn't have his own lands and that so it was kind of whoever the people wanted the most yeah i say the people the peasantry wasn't really regarded either
0: it was people who like could yes. essentially afford the n- samurais for
1: instance indeed the next level down of leadership the daimyo which these are feudal lords that existed circa 10th and 19th century. They ruled through hereditary holdings. They're lords of their respective holdings, and they pass it down to their sons. So your father would be also. I just want to say very quickly, Japanese naming culture backwards. Yeah, that you might know that already. The people so be home, Davis RJ, Davis well, RJ, RJ but, and yeah. your mother would be your father would be Davis. Whatever your father's name is, that's not. Do you, do you want to say it on the podcast? Brian. I'm just gonna say Davis Brian. Brian. Right. So. Some people, it might sound like they have the same first name and a different last name, but the first, the first name, I say, is actually their familial name. Um, they were nominally subordinate The Daimyo's now, were nominally subordinate to the emperor, but also took orders from the shogun, who basically acted on the emperor, not on the emperor's behalf, but acted for the emperor. You know, um, Some were related to royalty, and some were successful samurai who were granted lands and titles by the emperor. For example, uh, Hideyoshi Hashiba, Or, yes, Hideyoshi Hashiba, who was, we'll get to him, but he was essentially a sandal bearer for another one of the feudal lords, and he rose to the rank of imperial regent.
0: So what happened in the sense of, because it used to just be emperors, and then, uh, because they took, the timing is off in my brain, Mm -hmm. but I knew that they took all the swords away in Japan at one point, I can't remember when. That was... Before or after this? That was
1: Hideyoshi as well. Okay. That was during okay. his time as uh, imperial regent, which we will get to. Okay, they did take all the way sort all the sorts away from the peasantry.
0: Yeah, because there's the thing that I wanted to question was when did we go from emperors to shoguns, essentially being
1: in charge? I, I think it was a slow process. Um, before the shogunate that was existed in this time period, fourteen sixty seven to well fifteen eighty seven, um, you had the Kamakura shogunate, which existed for several hundred years before. But I think. Uh, at all times, there have been an emperor and a shogun, but there was just a difference in how much power they each had.
0: Yeah, because it,
1: shoguns are more military. Yes. Yeah. And emperor. It, it, that's how it became. Shoguns are very much more military, and emperors are much more to do with. like. To, well, to be honest with you, at this point, emperors were basically just figureheads who. They were just the. Almost in. Like it is in Britain now.
0: Yeah. Essentially, it was like the shogun is parliament or government. Yeah. And. The like, shogun is
1: the prime minister. Yeah.
0: And the emperor is the monarchy. The emperor
1: is the monarch who just basically goes, "Yep, that sounds fine." To whatever the shogun says. Yeah. So it's actually quite similar to the current, the current way we govern in Britain now, as far as uh, sort of those two people, as far as the Queen and the Prime Minister. There's, there's not the except. There's probably
0: less order
1: going on. You'd be surprised, right? Anyway. <laughs> um. So yes, and Daimyo were as well as feudal lords who owned certain areas. They were warlords. Who held their own military forces who were loyal to them not the shogun Mm -hmm. so they at any point say you're you're a you know a 16th century japanese warlord you could just be like i don't like the shogun no more we're gonna go fight for this person and your men would just be like okay whatever you want they wouldn't go oh but the shogun they don't care about the shogun yeah so what led to the sengoku period this this 130 year period of warring states well the main thing was the decline of the Ashikaga shogunate. Uh, the previous shogunate, the Kamakura, they had a strong military and large land holdings. So they ruled as much more of a military authority, whereas the Ashikaga had small personal holdings and was reliant on the prestige of its shogun. And that's something that's really, that really interested me when I was doing the research here. Everything that we know sort of about stereotypical Japanese culture. Yeah. How like samurai were all about honor and that kind of stuff. It's such a very honor-centric society. Yeah, it was very much like that as well. If you, if the shogun died and their son became shogun, and he wasn't as good a person as the other shogun, people would just be like, "I don't want him." It had nothing to really to do with the line of line of succession. It was much more to do with the personal prestige of the ruler, which was really yeah. it's really an interesting dynamic that they have. Like, I
0: mean, that works better because say like we we've constantly had a problem in history of like just approving a monarch even when they're not essentially suitable um yeah king james the third wasn't it
1: there has been no james the third who
0: am i thinking of the one of them was batshit crazy george the third
1: okay there we are um we're unfortunately if we ever get another king james we will skip three four five six and seven how uh because in the 50s there was a convention passed um once when elizabeth ii was crowned people in scotland got a bit tea because there had never been an elizabeth in scotland so she would be elizabeth the first so unless we're going to go to elizabeth the first and second so instead of doing that churchill signed a convention which basically is not a law yeah it's just a naming convention that your regnal number is uh whichever was the highest in either england or scotland oh fair so if we got king king james of of the united kingdom he'd be king james the mm-hmm. eighth and we'd skip in england certainly england and wales we'd skip i wonder three if indy ref 2 five.
0: happens and scotland do leave mm-hmm. it would just that there's no point to that thing anymore so then that's true it would just go back to being but then you could also say that three. even
1: though scotland doesn't was not a part of the uk it's lineage was in the uk and we'd still like our line of kings mm-hmm. is descended from those scottish kings so you could say even though
0: interesting We'll see how it mucks up. We'll see how it it shows up, yes.
1: (laughs) So, in Japan now, not Scotland or England, the lack of um, direct territories for the Ashikaga shogunate meant that the decentralized daimyos had considerable influence, militarily and socially, over sort of how things in Japan were governed. Uh, The shogunate's military supremacy came from loyal daimyos. So if if the shogun was going to fight a war against somebody, um, he had to make sure he had lots of uh, loyal vassals, not vassals, but daimyos, it was much more like a lord and vassal relationship in the Kamakura shogun that predated the Ashikaga than it was in this period. It was much more like, please help me, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the shogun would shout you, please help me, I'll give you money. And he goes, ah, I quite like that guy, we'll, we'll send around me, why not? <laughs> um, they also derived power from their close proximity to Kyoto, the Ashikagas. The capital and seat of the emperor, who had a lot of their political and economic power assumed by the shogun. So, I'm not 100% sure how this happened, there's not a lot of great sources, but it's kind of like the Emperor's there and has all this political power and the shogun, the Ashikaga Shogunates are there and they just kind of go, uh we'll, we'll do that for you Emperor, don't worry about it, you know? So, and also there was a perceived weakness of the Imperial family, because they had attempted to, after the fall of the old Kamakura Shogunate, there was an attempt at restoration, I think it's called the Kenmi Restoration, I've written this down. Don't quote me. I just, this is just sort of background knowledge that I have, um, where they attempted to reassert their power as the real rulers of Japan, and that failed miserably. So that still, people are like, "Oh well, I guess these emperors aren't on anything." They tried to take their power back, and they they couldn't. So, yes, and Ashikaga Yoshimitsu was the shogun uh, prior to 1408. Yoshimitsu, like the Tekken character, yes. Uh, And he was a very strong shogun. He was very well-liked and he had prestige. But after his death, his son Yoshimochi... And in the following decades, there was infighting and dissension between Yoshimochi, who became the shogun, and his local governors, and succession issues surrounding the emperor. Mm -hmm. So this is how the Ashikaga shogunates are not... You know, that shows how they're not doing so well. Yeah, Ashikaga Yoshimitsu's power was based on his own personal prestige... And how he how the Damians felt about him. As soon as he went away, everyone started to think, "Oh, this this person in that family should be shogun. This person in that family should be shogun." There was no real at, at this point. There was no real um, idea of taking the shogunate for yourself. You know, it, I suppose it was an idea with people, but no one really tried it because you also had to have em- the emperor's approval to become shogun. And if he ch- if he chosen this family, that was it. They were they were the shogun. Um. In 1467, the Onin War broke out. This is kind of the, the beginning of the Sengoku period. It's a great big war. So it was over in the Shogunate succession. Shogun- this might get a little difficult to follow as well, because a lot of these people have very similar names, because they okay. love like naming cultures. Certainly at this point, if you were called... Please take
0: it easy on me for the quiz then.
1: That's fine. If, you're, if you were Hideyoshi, your son would be Hideyori. Okay. Something like that. It, just, it becomes a little difficult figure out who we're talking about if I say them quickly.
0: Well, it's like old Welsh names, like... Um,
1: Griffith and Llewellyn and Davith, and they're all, they're all Griffith. Davith
0: the... Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So, at this point in 1467, the shogun Ashikaga Yosh- Yoshimasa named his brother Ashikaga Yoshimi as heir in 1464. But in 1465, he had a son, Yoshihisi. Now, there were two daimyo, H- uh, Hoskawa Katsumoto and Yamana Sozen. And they were interestingly... Uh, father and son-in-law. Oh. And previously, they had been having disagreements over Hosokawa's power and influence. Hosokawa Katsumoto becoming a very strong Daimyo and Yamana Sozen wanted, just kind of, wanted a little bit of the action, you know what I mean? Because he was he was the father-in-law and also his house wasn't doing quite so well. And really, this, this succession crisis of the Shogun, it really just gave them a larger theater to escalate their conflict. Mm-hmm. They thought, ah, oh, I'm not really... You know, if, if you and I were having a having a, a falling out and they were like, oh, there's a great big boxing match on TV. Let's just go to that and we'll have a fight there, you know, just to kind of escalate the coverage. I don't know. I don't know why. Just to get more people involved. I think that was the idea.
0: Logan Paul and KSI.
1: Round two. <laughs> God, what a, what, a, what a world we live in. Where people who make YouTube videos can uh, have white collar boxing fights and get a million views.
0: Remember 2009 when it was like Natalie Tran and Charlie are so cool, like, and... Charlie bit my finger and
1: Charlie the unicorn.
0: Charlie the a lot unicorn. Love Charlie. Love Charlie. Yeah. Just, uh, it, oh, what I've forgotten the old Charlie saying. Just that uh, two time Charlie. Or,
1: I don't know. I used to like llamas with hats.
0: <sighs> that was a good one. It got weird, it got real weird towards the end. I really liked, um, the marshmallow one that they did.
1: Do you remember?
0: Oh, it's good. It's weird. Oh. They eat each other at one point.
1: Oh, good God. It is. So how do we get from that to... from the Onan War to that? Because we said Logan Paul, and oh, then I yeah. was
0: giving an example about how 10 years ago things would be weird. Like, things were different on the internet.
1: Do you remember either of the two names of the two Damias we were talking about who were having a disagreement? Um,
0: see, you've given me a problem now because I can't pronounce things for anything. So I'm not I'm just gonna lose this conversation because I'm too scared to say something.
1: Hoskawa Katsumoto and Yamana Sozen. Okay. They might be in the test. Um they had been having disagreements, blah blah as I'd said, um, and the shogun succession gave them a larger theatre. So Hoskawa supported uh, Ashikaga Yoshimi, the brother. Okay. And Yamana Sozen supported Ashikaga Yoshihisi, the current Shogun's or the former Shogun's son. Mm-hmm. So there was a war to decide the next shogun. Um, no side really won, but you could say that Hosokawa won because Ashikaga Yoshimi became the shogun, and he was essentially a puppet for the Hosokawa family. So you've got this, this great, big, powerful family, the Hosokawas, who hilariously in a hundred years don't exist, um, basically as as rulers of Japan with their puppet shogun. So that lasted for 11 years and the war, the war that is lasted for 11 years and it utterly destroyed Kyoto Kyoto's (laughs) a ruin at this point and it will be for quite some time The Onin War reduced the shogunate to essentially the local government of Kyoto as well It really made the daimyo's more powerful Regionally the daimyo's had all the power and control Next page So important events of the Sengoku period Uh, We'll mention a couple and then we'll get on to the important the important men of the Sengoku period, unfortunately, because the way Japanese culture was, there weren't any important women, really, as far as like the pol- the politics of it. You could talk about um, Oichi, who was Nobunaga's sister, and really broke out lots of pieces, or you could talk about Lady N- Lady No, who was like this uh, incredible um, like kabuki theater artist, not kabuki theater, the pre the pre runner to that, but it's not to do with the politics, unfortunately. So maybe another episode we'll talk about that. The first one being the Kaga Rebellion of 1488. Now, the Ernin War created a revolting peasant army, known as the Iko Iki, which comes from Iko, which is a sect of Buddhism, and Iki, which means a league. It's important to note the the existence of the Iko Iki because it really reinforces how little power over the people the Shogunate had at this point. There was just chaos. Because these the, the, the revolting peasants finally like grouped together and made their own their own sect. Yeah. Um, the Ikoiki at first were just rebels who fought in numerous small uprisings. However, in 1488, discontent with the ruling in Kaga, which is a province, they rose up in droves to overthrow the daimyo Maschika Kochio. Though another family was put in place as daimyo, the Ikoiki would control the province for nearly 100 years. Just a complete peasant uprising, and rather than just uprising to get what they wanted, they took control. Which is kind of unheard of. It doesn't really happen anywhere else. You also have the Hosokawa succession crisis. The Hoskawas the most powerful family as we discussed before um, Very influential due to their control over the shogunate um, They entered into an internal struggle that lasted 28 years a Succession Crisis Which finally ended with Hoskawa Harumoto becoming Daimyo in 1531 However, that would take a lot of their resources And really diminish their power as uh, like a feudal power And into the 16th century Several important and influential warlords emerged that really became the driving force behind, you know, sort of unifying Japan once again. Can you think of any of them? Do you know any names of influential Japanese warlords? I might say them no. and you'll think of them and you'll know them. Maybe them. I think, I
0: think that will happen okay. rather than me being able to say them.
1: So there's three. There's Oda Nobunaga. No. There's Toyotomi Hideyoshi. Also that called, rings a bell. Also called Fujiwara Hideyoshi, and also called Hashiba Hideyoshi. Uh, he was a peasant uh, to start with, so he had several names. Okay. Because as a peasant, you don't have like that regal name. And also Tokugawa Ieyasu, which might ring some bells. These are known as the three unifiers of Japan. Okay. So the first person we're going to talk about is Oda Nobunaga. Yeah. Oda Nobunaga was a great strategist. Um, at the Battle of Okehazama in 1560, which was when, kind of where the Sengoku period took a turn. What did I just say? Things took a the turn. The Battle of Okehazama. Yeah. In 1560. Please
0: don't make me say the
1: words. Okay. So Nobunaga sought to wrest power from the shogunate because they were weak. So Imagawa Yoshimoto, another daimyo from the west of Honshu. Honshu is the, the main island of Japan. I don't know if you know that. No. So the, there's the little island up top, little island down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. The, the main body of Japan is called Honshu. Yeah. Do he, we get uh, to the,
0: the bit about. I mean, I know the Dutch were trading with them a lot, but have you
1: touched? Are we touching on it? We're other? not really going to mention that too ah. much. We'll talk about the Portuguese a little bit, okay? Because they were quite, they were actually way more important than I will give them credit for in this in this podcast. But when we get to that, I will mention it. Cool. Um, so Imagawa Yoshimoto marched on him with an army ten times his size. Imagawa Yoshimoto, 25-30,000 men, uh, Nobunaga Oda had 2,000-3,000 men. Mm-hmm. It was like, but because he was such a brilliant strategist, he didn't want to hole up and be uh, laid siege to, and he didn't want a frontal assault because they just die immediately. So what he did, he waited. Let me just turn the page. He used dummies packed with straw to make his forces look larger, but also stationed in a different place to where Imagawa expected. He also utilised a lucky, vicious thunderstorm to move his 2,000 men behind the Imagawa camp unnoticed. Oh. Uh, when they attacked, when these 2,000 men attacked, it was so brutal and it was so unexpected that Yoshimoto, Imaga, Imagawa Yoshimoto, at first thought it was just infighting amongst his own his own troops. He didn't oh. even, even realise they were under attack until two samurai attacked him. Like, two, like, well-known samurai attacked him. I don't know how their names... I should. I really should have had that name. I should have written them down. But um, he managed to parry them for a bit, but after a couple of minutes, they they cut his head off. He was dead. Uh, R.I.P. So because of that, the, the immediacy of that, the Imagawa forces were completely routed. Yeah. I say routed. A lot of them ran away. The remaining Imagawa forces joined the Oda. Mm-hmm. And also the Matsudaira clan, who I neglected to mention, who were also on the side of the Imagawa, who, who were not really involved in that battle so much. Yeah also joined Oda Nobunaga's men. The Matsudaira clan would later become the, Totu, the Tokugawa clan. Do you remember that name? Tokugawa? Yes. Tokugawa Ieyasu, the third unifier of Japan. He will come up. He's very important. Oh, so so, ma- I should
0: have had my book this week.
1: <laughs> the Battle of Okehazama was the real turning point for Oda Nobunaga to become the first, the first man who was influential in uni- reunifying Japan because it showed him to be a brilliant strategist. It showed him to be a great thinker. Mm-hmm. And it also gave him this great big army, because they didn't kill that many men, because they only had two thousand of them. But so many people ran away, and when they came back, they were like, "We'll serve you," you know. And then the Matsudaira clan also went, "You guys are pretty good. Well, we'll we'll join you instead." And that would start a decades-long alliance. In fact, so after Okazama Nobunaga swept across Honshu, becoming its most powerful and feared warlord, until the siege of Inabayama Castle in 1561, literally a year later. I like how quickly things can move in Japan because it's quite a small island. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, 10 years later, they marched across the entire world in the late siege of this castle. It's just like yeah. next year, you know?
0: It's like if North Wales got a war with South Wales. It's like... Yeah, you'd just
1: be like, you walk for like a day and you'd be there. Yeah. Sup? So at the siege of Inabayama Castle, 1561, the, um, Oda's forces uh, managed to, well, Oda's force Oda, Nobunaga, managed to influence many members of the Saito clan to join him. Um, a gentleman called Hideyoshi Hashiba... Hashiba Hideyoshi, sorry. Was very influential. I've mentioned him as well. Yes. he was. The, he's the second of the three unifiers of Japan. They all stem from this one guy, Oda Nobunaga. They were all served him originally. Where was I, sorry. Yes. They influenced many members of the Saito clan to join them, crippling the Saitos before they even attacked. And they took the Saito clan's stronghold of Inabayama Castle... And they changed their name to Gifu and used it as their, his residence and base of operations. So now not only does he have a great big army, he has this really well-defensible castle to to live in, to operate out of. After this, Nobunaga revealed his ambition to conquer all of Japan. And in fact, China as well. That was a long-term ambition. He wanted to conquer China through Korea, because at the time Korea was part of China. And also, yeah. I believe Manchuria was part of China as well.
0: Um, Japan... Is Japan. it at this point all been essentially discovered? Not well not discovered, but I mean in the sense of populated. Yes. Because I know for I I know at some point it was a case of it was kind of south and mid-Japan that was pretty much mm-hmm. a little bit slightly north there, but they just never bothered going well, even more north.
1: They'd been there before. European traders had been there before. Yeah. But Japan has always been a very isolationist settlement, a very isolationist country didn't really want to... Well, just discover their yeah, own the It had country. been discovered, but yeah, the sort of the, the whole circumference of it and like trading with the local populace and stuff. Yeah. That started to happen around about now. Okay.
0: Because um, I know there weren't really people up north,
1: at least from... Not so via. many. It's yeah. much more it was, south, anyway. south and central. Yeah. You had the, the, the Date clan up in the northeast of Honshu. Okay. And the Hojos, I think. Fast forward another year to the... No, not another year. Really. Fast forward a few years to the Kyoto campaign of 1568. Now, Kyoto being the capital. Nobunaga marched on Kyoto with Ashkaga Yoshiaki, another Ashkaga, who sought to be shogun. The Oda forces quite easily routed the defending Rokaku clan and installed Yoshiaki as shogun, over whom he had great influence. Great influence. So he was just building up Nobunaga. From 1560 to 1582, Oda Nobunaga, along with his longtime ally, Tokugawa Ieyasu, swept through Honshu, clashing with and defeating the Azakura and Azai clans at Anagawa, the Iko-Iki, who we've mentioned before, at Nagashima, the Takeda Shingen at Nagashino, and Takeda Katsuyori at Tenmokuzan. A great, great military. It won so many battles. And it was only because of a coup and betrayal by Nobunaga's retainer, Akachi Mitsuhide, that Nobunaga was defeated.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, basically, they were gonna go out on this. They were gonna go out into a battle while Nobunaga himself stayed at the temple in Honorji. Uh, but Akechi Mitsuhido and his forces stayed back and attacked Nobunaga and his personal guard. And like set the temple on fire and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, when you're a great warlord, you don't let yourself be killed. You commit seppuku. Yeah, which is how so many of these great warlords died. They were surrounded, and they thought, "This is the only honorable way for me to do it." And they commit seppuku. Yes. So.
0: Whereas us, lot kind of have that view of like,
1: "I'm going in," mm-hmm. and then
0: get themselves blown up.
1: Basically, well, it would be, it's dishonorable to start a fight you can't, Win. you can't possibly, you have no chance, and that's the idea, I think. So They yeah. just go, "Well, here it is."
0: Whereas it's kind of like you go out fighting because at least it's mm-hmm. you try.
1: I think so yeah yeah yeah
0: so it's a very strange difference of opinion on that kind of thing Mm -hmm. between the um between japan and like the west yeah no definitely um because we're we're more so in the past couple of like decades being like you've got to try um like it doesn't matter if you fail like failure is still a thing that it means that you've tried Mm -hmm. if you don't try that's more, that's worse than failing. Um, mm-hmm. whereas for them, it's a case of like, <laughs> don't even try. If you know, you can't win. Just kill yourself. Just,
1: yeah, literally that's <laughs> it. just kill yourself. <laughs> if you can't
0: win, kill yourself. It's, it, it feels, I know it's more it about a defeated, cultural. Yeah. Uh, it's just an interesting perspective to look at where they view it as more noble to be like, go out a hundred percent skill, mm-hmm. uh, rather than, you know, 99.9 yeah yeah
1: that's well, not even that
0: yeah. yeah
1: well so let's briefly talk about oda's influence on culture then because he was very he was very influential so um Portuguese traders as I had mentioned I would mention I, I, I told you I' mentioned they had introduced gunpowder and the arquebus which is a rudimentary form of a rifle more like a musket to Japan mm-hmm. and nobunaga took full advantage in the battle of Nagashima Nagashino that we talked about when he defeated Takeda Shingen, Takeda Shingen was known like his for, his force was known for their their mounted warriors and how fearsome they were, and their their terrifying mounted charge. And um, Nobunaga had three lines of uh, matchlock rifle, not rifle, matchlock musket soldiers, armed soldiers, and they would fire. They would reload, sort of like the Spartan firewall that the um, the British colonial forces would employ in in Africa. Yeah one rank would fire and reload, the next rank would fire and reload, the third rank would fire and reload, and by the time they were done, the first rank would be firing again. Yeah. Carved through this mounted unit. Absolutely annihilated them. So yes, the Battle of... As I, as I just said, the Battle of Nagashino was won when Takeda Shingen's mounted soldiers were eviscerated by Nobunaga's musket-bearing troops. Um, he was also something of a socialist. Um, I think, anyway. Uh, he declared freedom of trade before that, trade was very uh, only very inclusive of very specific um, guilds and um, certain types of people. Yeah. You couldn't just be, be a trader. You had to be accepted by, like, the Merchants Guild or whatever. He also regulated currency. So mm-hmm. you had to use a very specific currency just to kind of... Just to increase the economy so that people weren't trading with, you know, gold bars or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he set general standards for road width. Now, that seems like a very arbitrary thing, but... It eased transport of soldiers and goods and just mm-hmm. basically speeds up the trade economy.
0: Like bigger carts, so.
1: Yeah, true. Um, something that's really odd about Nobunaga is that um, usually when someone is is like defeated or, or ends, if they're a loser in the war that they fight in the world, they're portrayed negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's say, Hitler or <laughs> Pol Pot or any of the dictators of, of the 20th century. Oddly, his portrayal is very divisive. Um, In uh, Taiko Ki, which is a novel by Eiji Yoshikawa, he's uh, depicted as a firm but benevolent ruler. Also in the films Goemon and Kagamusha, which are Japanese films, he's a a saintly figure in Kagamusha. In Goemon, he's like a a spry, lively, kind of nice fellow. Oh. But in another another novel by Takeshi Narumi, and also became a three-part anime series, uh, Yotu then, he's literally a demon. <laughs> he is literally not only he, he's not only he's a power hungry warlord, he's also literally a demon. Strange. I know. What? Okay. Now, no Oda Nobunaga is very very important. Very very. Say important. Say it again. Oda Nobunaga. I just is want to say. Is this
0: kind of quiz going to be multiple choice? Yeah. Cool. Say it one more time.
1: Oda Nobunaga. Please remember that name, because if I ask you to name him and you don't, I'll be really upset.
0: Cool. Cool. How are you you feeling? I'm not telling you, because I know what you're going to do. You're going to end up being like, I'm going to put something that sounds similar to the way that he ends up thinking about it.
1: How are you feeling about the quiz in general? Uh, I'm nervous as hell. Do you feel at this stage, at this stage of the series, you know... You're more prepared for the quiz in two episodes time, three episodes time, um, <laughs> than you were this time last time. season.
0: Got one more episode to do and then it's the quiz.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Great. So this
0: is episode 12, I believe.
1: Uh, if you say so. No, 11. This is
0: 11. And then we got 12. 12 and then the quiz. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, at this I mean, we did do six weeks gap between the last episode and the quiz. In see that's the problem one.
0: because this one we've gone for it we've been on track mm-hmm. every two weeks so my brain is full of information whereas i haven't had time to digest it i didn't even really revise on the last quiz and i just no, I got through I, well i just failed mm-hmm. let, let's be real um and i'm like cool i didn't even revise for that one so i need to make sure i revise for this and if i fail still i just i'm not don't know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna commit to puka.
1: <laughs> like, I'm glad you remembered that. There we go. The, the stress is on the first syllable. Seppuku? Seppuku. Seppuku. It's an E. Seppuku. Seppuku. Seppuku.
0: Sepuku. That's it. You got it. Cool. <laughs>
1: Seppuku. If you want to hear RJ struggling that quiz, or potentially thrive uh, in one month's time from when this podcast <laughs> comes out, there will be Can episode 13, a quiz based on everything that's been in this... Everything that's been in this series of I Don't Know History. And if you enjoyed all of this series of I Don't Know History so far, please make sure you check out the rest of the amazing podcasts on Podmage.com, a different kind of casting. Yeah. What, are the, what are the podcasts are available? There's also Dead Air, hosted by Portia and Bethan,
0: which goes into the spooky and weird of uh, of different things. The so spoopy. This, uh, they recently did an episode um, with a lovely YouTuber. Uh, who has, oh, sorry, let me just bring up the episode on my phone because it's a, it's a sensitive enough topic where I feel like I'd rather actually have the information in front of me before I start talking about it. Um, it is disassociative identity disorder and I talk to Jess from multiplicity and me. Um, and they talk about the disorder mm-hmm. and it's, it's very interesting. Um, it, it, it to, to make it simpler for people, it's multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, if you're interested in knowing more about that, um, go listen to the latest episode of Dead Air. It's very interesting. Uh, as well as... It, it's not normally what the podcast is about. Uh, they, they've they done stuff like the um, the Dark Web, Robert Ripley, Mothman, Krampus, the Bermuda Triangle. They've got a nice range of things that are creepy and informational and kind of weird things that have happened in history and they ended up doing this really cool interview
1: with jess Dissociative disassociative identity disorder i suppose in a way bear with me here does kind of fit the theme of dead air because yeah no i agree in, in dead air it's like they talk about things that people disagree on their existence which did is, is is the same a lot of psychiatric professionals i don't think can agree that disassociative identity disorder actually exists yeah they think it's a combination of other things am i correct i'm not like i'd advise listen to the episode
0: if you want to really get into in, into the deep of it okay to be fair um but yeah i, I get where you're coming from and yeah mm-hmm. it is it is one of those things um but it- it's, it's mental health isn't in general isn't looked at great like very greatly by the medical community shall we say mm-hmm. compared to like the actual people who look at mental health um, but yeah, it does feel very fitting to the dead air podcast. Uh, it's like, we're reviewing the episode now, mm-hmm. uh, because just, they go into topics that kind of have this essentially taboo about, uh, of talking about a little, mm-hmm. not even taboo, like this air around them. That's like, Ooh, a little bit different and spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think DID does have that kind of view at it because mm-hmm. of the, the taboo of talking about it, along with the well, if someone has multiple personalities, how, how, what are they going to be like? Who are each one of these if personalities? You, if you look at any, and it's
1: very interesting. Any fictional portrayal of DID ever, one of them, one of their personalities is going to be a serial killer. It's, always, yeah. If you feel, did you watch? Did you watch Emma Sherman's twenty sixteen film Split? Uh No, I didn't. The fella in that is supposed to have disassociated by identity is that
0: the one that they ended up multiversing with an older film
1: with unbreakable yes Yes. and it became glass last year or this year i want to know have you listened to the episode of dead air
0: i'm not going to say because that's spoiling the episode
1: do they they mention shyamalan split at all because i'd be quite interested to know how
0: maybe you should listen and find out i will i'd be interested
1: to know how um how correct um the idea of the, the character kevin wendell crumb is to someone with disassociative identity disorder like i don't know whether it's hollywooded up at all or if it's so it's going to be Hollywooded. You know? oh yeah of course it is yeah. but i don't i want to know how hollywooded up it is because yeah, that's the only real the exposure listen. i have to it
0: yeah which is why this episode exists so go listen to portion and beth and talk about it um also we've talked a lot about the podcast 69 movies on this podcast way so that's actually there's two episodes currently out as a trial but the series is coming in january 2020 where you'll have a bunch of episodes uh ready to go so that's that's happening with 69 movies along with we're gonna tell the people now because season three is wrapping up and when is season four Season two's wrapping up, not yeah. season three. I, I keep was, doing it. I was thinking, what I what podcast doing... are you talking about? Season two is wrapping up on, I don't know, history. So when is season three happening? Me and Alex have talked about it. Um, and we have agreed. I'm worried I'm dropping myself in it now. But it'll be out February 2020. So we'll Pretty have... sure that was right. I yeah. was going to say either January or February. It's February. Okay. Because then, yeah, we've got more time to, to work on a few different things uh, mm-hmm. for season three uh along with few other things that might happen we don't know we'll see uh but keep an eye on our twitter which is at history
1: idk just about to say if you have any suggestions for season three please please make sure you drop them to at history idk because we really appreciate them i really appreciate them
0: and if you'd like to support i don't know history please go to patreon.com forward slash podmage and choose the bless i don't know history option or, if you want to support Podmage as a whole, choose Blast Podmage. Thank you very much. Do we have an advert?
1: Uh, no. Oh, okay, don't worry. Well, I'll just <laughs> crack on with uh, Sengoku period Japan. Uh, what do you remember from before the ad break, RJ? Uh, the, oh, st- What's the guy's name?
0: I can't pronounce them. I'm
1: Try. sorry. Try, it's fine. <laughs> remember the guy who I said, remember this guy's name? He's really important. What's his name? Ayuda? Oh
0: this is what I mean
1: I can't it's Oda? Okay, let me let me help you. Oda. Oda. Yash Nope. No Was it the, the opposite of yes? yes? What? The opposite of yes? No. The main the main antagonist and the late series of Dragon Ball Z? I'd never watched yeah, Dragon no. Ball Z. Okay. What do you do what do you say when you jump out at someone? Ah. When when you're dressed boo. as a ghost. Boo. Okay. Um nah, boo. Uh, no, 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 boo. No, boo. And a more casual way of saying no. Nah. Yeah. And what what, what sound do babies make? Why? Well, what? Uh, it's, ah. also, it's also a queen song. Um. Gaga. <laughs> so put them all together and what do you have? You have odor.
0: <laughs> I've forgotten the middle one already.
1: Nobunaga. Nobuyaga. Oda Nobunaga. We just talked about him. One of the three unifiers of Japan. Uh, do you remember what the second one was called?
0: <laughs> I'm not even gonna try it. Alex, can you <laughs> stop embarrassing me, okay? okay? Everyone on this podcast get frustrated with me. I'm sorry, I might have ADHD, okay?
1: Oh, that's okay, you don't have to apologize for that. <laughs> um his name was Toyotomi Hideyoshi. Also called Fujiwara Hideyoshi, also called Hashiba Hideyoshi. As I said, he was a peasant. I will speak about him. Oda Nobunaga is the most important, definitely. So we're going to just touch a little bit less on Toyotomi and Tokugawa, but they are just just as important. Toyotomi Hideyoshi. He was originally Oda Nobunaga's sandal bearer, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So he literally was a peasant that was paid by uh, Oda Nobunaga to bring him his sandals. Here you are, sir. Here are your sandals. Thank you very much. And he rose to be the regent of Japan. Um, he was a pivotal piece, Hideyoshi, in Nobunaga's negotiations, particularly with the Saito, as I mentioned, at Inabayama. Yeah. And after Nobunaga's death, he fought, with, he fought with Tokugawa Ieyasu against Nobunaga's rebellious sons, Nobutada, for example. Um, through his plotting, he was adopted by Konoe Sakitisa, Sak- 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 Sakihisa. Konoe Sakihisa, who was a noble man. And in 1585, he became Imperial Regent. He basically just talked his way to being the, the de facto ruler of Japan. He's a really interesting character. As um, There's a there's a lot of myth surrounding these three men. Uh, less so Tokugawa Ieyasu, because there's much more written about him, because we'll get to that. Oda Nobunaga, obviously they think, oh, he's a demon and blah blah blah. Um, Hideyoshi Toyotomi as well. Um, sorry, Toyotomi Hideyoshi. I, I do that automatically, sorry. Um, so there I can't remember what battle it is, but there's some battle where they say he built he built a castle in a day. You know, I think it was the Takeda, the, the forces of Takeda, maybe, who marched. They went, Oh, there's nothing there, no force, no, no defenses will run through this easy because they had this, this famous cavalry. And they went to sleep, and the next day you have Hashiba Hideyoshi at the time stood atop this castle being like, What are you gonna do? Wait. Built a castle in a day. He's a really yeah, he's a really interesting. And a sort of nuanced character, and as far as that's concerned, if this was like, you know, a book, which it has become in multiple, multiple iterations, um, yes. In fifteen ninety, he defeated the Hojo clan at Odawara to end the Sengoku period and unite Japan. There is still more, however. I know we, talk, we said we talk about the Sengoku period. That's not the end. <laughs> so, culture, the culture that Hideyoshi. Uh, Really brought to the front. Hideyoshi forbade the peasantry from owning swords and arms in 1588, as you mentioned earlier in this podcast. um, The swords got taken away. Yeah, only samurai could own swords.
0: Yeah, and only rich people could get samurai. Do you
1: know why that was for?
0: Um, Stop rising up. Yeah, it was essentially to stop peasant
1: revolts and ensure stability for other daimyos. He also banned. So rich
0: people have samurais to defend their Mm -hmm. like. Places and mm-hmm. wealth, essentially, mm-hmm. and oh,
1: you want to rise up, kill them. Yeah, the peasantry had nothing, yeah. which is interesting. um He also banned Christian missionaries. Oh, yeah, in order to exert uh, more influence over the increasing number of Catholic warlords who were called the Kirishitin, which I believe is a bastardization of the word Christian.
0: Okay, yeah, interesting. That's that. so weird because I I knew, so like the Dutch went over and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other um did the i can't remember if it was the dutch or the americans that went over to begin with i think it was the Portuguese dutch that went well. over that were like have you heard of jesus and
1: they were like no have you heard of buddha
0: have you heard of jesus though but i can't remember if it was the uh the dutch or the americans that did it
1: could have been the british as well they were well traveled i mean i'm not surprised yeah let's not forget the empire Well, they weren't catholics at the time so this is post, this is, this is what, 1588? This is post 1517 Calvinist revolution. True. So there would have been Protestants and Catholics. So it may have, it, it's more likely to be a European nation. You're right. Yeah. Question.
0: Yes. I was just thinking about, this is kind of off topic, okay. like bonus content, I guess. Um. I was just thinking, cause you said British. I thought of the British flag. Mm-hmm. And back then the British flag was the same, I believe. No. Um, no. What? Well, Britain didn't exist. Oh, right. Sorry, I should have said English. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I hear British and I was like, but as far as yes. I'm aware, the British flag has always been
1: the British that's, flag. That's my mistake. It was England at this time because England and Scotland became one kingdom in what year, RJ? Oh, Alex, do one. 1707. Go do one. The Act of the Union of 1707. Why would you Sorry, do that to me? Go on.
0: Um, I just, just want to know, what is the longest running flag still to, with a country that's still Oh my going. goodness. Because, say, like, America changed their flag. I mean, with a quantum of America's, the stars America's and flag, their flag has been... is only
1: what? The, America's current, the current iteration of America's flag is, like, 70 years old?
0: Yeah, and the Welsh flag is only, what, <coughs> 70 years old currently? Like in that. its current format, which still had the dragon before it, but had more of a white
1: background. You know what, RJ? I don't know.
0: It's an interesting question, because, mm-hmm. say, like, you'd think, you know, after an Empire Falls, their flag mm-hmm. kind of stops being a thing, yes. and their new... One is slowly into it. In, like, well,
1: put yeah. in. The flag of Japan is only as it is for, for about seventy years, nineteen forty five as well. Because before it had the, it was the Rising Sun. Yeah. So my, it, it's weird
0: to think that the British Empire ended. Mm-hmm. Like this is why it's, it could be argued argued more so that the British Empire only ended in ninety nine, with the return of Hong Kong, mm-hmm. um, because. We essentially, we still have that well, I mean you could argue, identity you could Look, argue, it's, it's not- still close. you still have keep calm, carry on kind <coughs> of empire-esque emotion mm-hmm. that's still within you our generation's still exists. It's-
1: the queen's still the queen of you know Anguilla, which is which is if you're born in Anguilla those by the facts in the Caribbean, you get a British passport. All oh, right. she's still the queen of Canada, she's still the queen of Australia. She doesn't have any power there, but she's she's still on the money. Yeah, you know, it's just interesting it's like it's to like the argument. It. What? When did the Roman Empire end? And you could say, well, it hasn't ended. It's become a church. <laughs> I guess you know, it's just flag wise. There's normally a change, and mm-hmm. Britain's flag.
0: it. The conversation's coming up more more so now because they're like the unions in question with Scotland trying to leave. Welsh independence mm. is becoming gradually more favorable mm-hmm. as the as the years go by <laughs> you talk to someone in 2015 about Welsh independence and you go no we're happy we're fine talk to
1: someone in 2019 and go mm, meh, this seems i think interesting my my i'm gonna make a potential pick for this okay i'm gonna go ahead and say france alex yes
0: can you give me i'll give it to you if you can guess any within like the top five okay uh, actually, you've got to guess two in the top five. What's my guess in the top five? Your guess? Yep. for Of France? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So I'll get allow you to guess two now.
1: Oh, blimey. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm just trying to think. Obviously, like, are we talking, like, the oldest... Or the longest running with no changes?
0: I'd say longest running. Let's go with that.
1: Okay. Because I was going to say potentially Russia. Because their flag, their old flag was quite similar to their new one. But obviously they had their current one. But they had the Soviet Union in between. It's not Japan. It's not Korea because they're fairly new countries. It's not India because their flag definitely changed. It's not South Africa or Canada or America. It could be Mexico. Okay. So you're going to put Mexico. It's not Germany. I'm I'm thinking a minute. It's not Germany. It's not Spain because they were... Their flag was different before the Nationalist Revolution of 1936. Um, It's not China because they were nationalists. I don't... It it could be... It's not Iran. I know that. Um, It's like the opposite of
0: that song from uh, Animaniacs instead of all the places in
1: the world. (laughs) <laughs> it's not these places. That all the places ones. that it's not. Um. All right. So you didn't you didn't tell me whether or not France was in the top five, did you? you I saying, said uh, it's not. So you're saying,
0: you're saying you've said Mexico. No, I'm, I'm going
1: to redact Mexico because Mexico, uh, you know, didn't exist mm-hmm. that long ago. It was in New Spain, and before that, it was the the Incas and the Olmecs. I I feel like it might be... It might be a Nordic country. Okay. Because they've existed for a long time. I would guess Norway. Mm-hmm. Because they... But I don't know if that Nordic cross was there for a long time. But I know that Norway is a very old country. Has been around for...
0: I'm going to push it for time.
1: Well, I can hear the cat. Yeah, there's a cat outside my
0: door. Like, right. There's a cat that has fallen in love with us. And... I, it belongs to someone across the street, and I can't take it in, because then it will always expect to come in. So I have to be firm. It's like a baby crying. No. I have to be firm.
1: Okay. My first guess is Norway. Norway, okay. Second guess? My second guess is... Um, really, really old countries. Uh, Greece. Okay. <clears throat> it's almost definitely not Greece, but...
0: At number five, mm-hmm. Albania. Albania, oh, okay. Fourteen forty-three. That is, guess that it was
1: established. Uh, right, but one? wasn't wasn't Albania part? Wasn't Albania part of Yugoslavia? No, it wasn't. Wasn't part of Yugoslavia. Okay, okay. don't listen to me. Number four, Denmark.
0: Okay, thirteen oh seven or
1: yeah. earlier. Uh, that makes number sense. Three, Latvia. Latvia. Twelve eighteen. Wait, 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 wait. But their flag was the flag of the Soviet Union for
0: several years. Is it back in use, this flag? That's the thing. Cause that's Which how flag? I...
1: Let me see. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that changes the game.
0: I mean, I mean, you can take them out of circulation and bring them back into circulation, I guess.
1: that, that I'll let that happen. Oh, I thought we were playing the game of what's the longest flag that has been like that but hasn't changed.
0: Uh, well, yeah, by changed, I, I kind of mean like permanently changed okay fine so like currently well i i
1: I, I misunderstood the question but it's okay i mean it's
0: fine it's fine like you're you're not far off base on Mm -hmm. on what you were saying um but number two austria adopted in 1230
1: and hang on no wait the austrian flag had an eagle in it
0: i don't i don't know this this is just the website of mine
1: um
0: and number one, I feel like you're going to kick yourself the most when you hear number one. That was the old Austrian flag. When was that put in? I don't know, Alex. Like, this is just the website that I'm currently on.
1: The flag of Austria. <laughs> it may have seen use in flags from about the 15th century. Adopted the 1st of May, 1945. Oh, okay. Well, I so di- I, guess... I, dis- I disagree. What's number one? Scotland oh yeah of course <laughs> but it's not <laughs> the eyebrow flick that yeah, Alex just yeah, yeah, performed
0: yeah. was utter disappointment and well yeah annoyance of himself but yeah because obviously
1: the kingdom of Scotland has existed for nearly 1200 years yeah. more in fact because they were it's a just turned of- into a cup of think- minigame so they were a kingdom before before England was a kingdom because mm-hmm. obviously England England became a kingdom with uh, who <sighs>
0: Um, Atholstan. I'm, I'm not playing your game, but the game that I'm currently playing is that the, the Scotland saltire, sal, saltier. saltire uh, was introduced in 832.
1: Yeah, not 1832. I Definitely 82. should have got that. Well, no Norway. I suppose Norway, their flag would have been different because I, don't. I knew I knew one of the Nordic countries would be up there. Yeah, I probably should have should have. As soon as you
0: added Norway, I was like, oh, is he gonna? Is
1: in gonna hindsight, chuck... I probably should have guessed Denmark. But yeah. Oh well, good game. I enjoyed that. Thanks, RJ. No problem. Where was I? <laughs> Japan. <laughs> right. Yes, I was talking about <clears throat> Toyotoma Hideyoshi, wasn't I? Remember, yeah, I you mentioned he banned, that the Catholics. he banned Christian in. missionaries. Yeah. Not only did he ban the Christian, well, I'll get to this in a second. He invaded Korea in 1587 in an attempt to follow through with, no- with Nobunaga's long-term goal of conquering Ming China. Yeah. The the, the Ming Dynasty of China, but also um, you may know about this. Yeah. Uh, he's infamous for the execution of 26 Christian missionaries and Japanese Jesuits. I was unaware. Who are now called the 26 Martyrs of Japan. Ew. That's a fairly well-known um, thing that happened in Japan and in Christianity. Yeah, so there were... Um, I'm surprised it wasn't, didn't come up in that video. It is interesting. There were 26, um, 26 Christians in Japan, essentially, and they were killed for being... Christian. Christians. Because, obviously, it was a, it's a Shinto Buddhist... Country at the time, and it still is now, but a lot more Christians, and it was, um, you know, kind of outrageous uh, in the rest of the world that this this happened, and I didn't know until I researched this that it was Toyotomi Hideyoshi that did that. (laughs) I suppose I could have guessed. Now, the third and final, most important man we need to talk about. Do you remember his name? (sighs) Tokugawa. Ieyasu. Now that I've said it, you remember it, right?
0: Yes. Okay. I mean, when you say it, it flags up in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stop saying it. Even now, I could not
1: repeat that what, name what back to it? you. No, I can't. <laughs> Literally. Okay. It's like static in my head. It's fine. Don't worry. After Hideyoshi's death in 1598, Ieyasu was named one of the five regents the council put in place to rule in Hideyoshi's son Hideyori's stead. It's interesting to note that in... 1587, or 1567, I've forgotten the, the year the year. The Shogunate, no, Nobunaga destroyed the Shogunate. It was gone. The Ashkaga family was gone, didn't exist. But in this gap, there was, not, there was no Shogun. There, there basically was. It was basically Nobunaga, and it was basically Hideyoshi, but they did not. They were never given the title of Shogun by the emperor. So when Hideyoshi was ruling, he was the imperial regent. I think probably because the regent was too young. The the emperor was too young to name a shogun. In 1587, he invaded Korea. I already said that. Tokugawa Ieyasu. (laughs) Sorry, I got a bit backtracked. Tokugawa Ieyasu. After Hideyoshi's death in 1598, he was named one of the five regents Mm -hmm. the council put in place to name Hideyoshi's son Hideyori's stead. However, as you can probably guess, when a bunch of powerful men are asked to not hurt each other, um, they can't do it. This did not go as planned. One of the one of the other five regions. Hang on, we need to get rid of this cat. <laughs> so you, I just say, won't you shut up.
0: And that is the cat dealt with. That is the cat out of the bag. Well, it is um, a very nice cat. It is a very nice cat. And for long-time listeners of any of my podcasts, maybe I have mentioned it on Idena History cause I History because I won't shut up about how I used to hate cats. But, I mean... That's the point. I used to hate cats. Mm. Uh, I I somehow had such miraculous growth this year that I love
1: cats now. Not love, like cats. You tolerate cats. Where were you, Alex? I think I believe I was talking about the uh, the five regents. Yes, one of the other five regents that were ruling in Hideyori or Toyotomi Hideyori's stead was called Toshiie Toshiie It's a difficult name to say. T-O- so it's a difficult name for me to remember. Toshiie, I think it's Toshiie Maeda. He died in 1599, and he was the the most influential of the five, other than Tokugawa Ieyasu. And Ieyasu took like took this opportunity to take control of um, Osaka, the residence of Hideyori. Yeah, and basically become, you know, be able to influence this child and make these decisions for him. Mm-hmm. So the three other regents prepared for war because of this act. We weren't happy about that at all. Eventually, this led to the emergence of two factions. Interesting. Basically. Those loyal to Toyotomi Hideyori, Mm -hmm. and those loyal to Tokugawa Ieyasu. Um, And eventually, in 1600 AD, they met at Sekigahara, which is a very important battle, which I might bring up in the quiz. So remember this, Sekigahara. Seki? Sekigahara. Gahara. Seki... Kahara in 1600 cool tokugawa ieyasu's army was victorious and tokugawa ieyasu after this was de facto leader of japan and furthermore in 1603 emperor go yusei finally getting an emperor mentioned named ieyasu as the new shogun so finally we have a shogun again he was only shogun for two years however <laughs> now listen yeah he didn't die in 1603, he was named shogun. In 1605, he abdicated why? to his son, Hidetada. Okay. Though he remained basically in control of the country. Now, there are many reasons. Not many people, like, people don't know 100% why he abdicated, but it could be because, one, this was to encourage a smooth transition. So he could still be in charge, or people got used to the idea of Tokugawa Hidetada becoming shogun. It could also be that he didn't, you know, he was a warlord. First and foremost, he didn't really get on with all the kind of... The busy work that being the shogun really entailed. Yeah. It's probably why people like no- Nobunaga and Hideyoshi didn't do it. Um, and yeah, he just wasn't suited to the role. And he just kind of... he just I think he understood that. So he was shogun, but for a very short amount of time. Um, Tokugawa Ieyasu's crowning as shogun in 1603... Ushered in what's called the Edo period. The Edo period... Is a two hundred and fifty year uh, year period of political stability, which is is characterized by the shogun leading the country. Mm-hmm. There is an emperor, but they're basically subservient to the shogun. It only ended. In, I, I when I learned this, maybe a couple years ago, when I was like you know just first sort of getting interested in Japanese history, when I learned that this only went away in eighteen sixty eight. In the Meiji Revol- Restoration. Yeah. Blew my mind. The fact that as far back as only like 150 years, there were shoguns. Weird. Because like America... Wait, what year? 1868. The America like
0: was an actual mm-hmm. like thing thing at that point. America had a president. Oh, it would have been the Europeans that brought the... Brought Catholic, um, just Christianity over. Not the yeah, Americans. Uh, with that date line then. Um yeah just weird mm-hmm. um because like the American Revolution was going on, like well, the war for independence, um, I should say, it had just battle of independence, not war, well, the civil war, yeah, had finished at that point, three right? years earlier, yeah, weird, isn't mm. it it's not j- it wasn't just America was like just getting its feet, it yeah, had yeah, gotten yeah.
1: its feet it's... and fighting off it, slavery it, it is odd to think. And slightly jarring to consider that, at the same time, Lincoln was the president, there was this old Japanese culture that still existed in Japan. Because we view shogun. that
0: as such an old, old we do thing. We view it as something like for, you know fifth, for 16th Asian century. countries yeah. in the sense of like 1032 kind of that's mm-hmm. how or our culture 1185
1: views it. when it began. Yeah, this the idea of a shogun. So strange. It is odd. And I think in general, J- Japan's culture has still remained very separate from the rest of the world. While we do get much more of it, we have manga and anime and you know, Japanese food and stuff. I don't want to be stereotypical. Those are the only things I really know about Japanese culture. Do you know anything, anything else about Japanese culture? Uh, I'm, big, I'm getting
0: into Terrace House, which is a show made in Japan. Uh-huh. Um, it is now on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, it is great. It's, it's been out for years uh-huh. and now Netflix have brought it over... Uh, help fund it to get it back in Japan and mm. they've brought that over here now and it's a very good show. It's like Big Brother, except they're normal people and they're not egocentric. You've they're kinda nice. And it's just a fun time. There are sometimes people mm. on there that you're like, oh go away, Brad. Um <laughs> Brad said it's not Brad. uh um, like
1: Morimoto or something
0: like that. Uh Morimoto san yeah. Um it's a very interesting show mm-hmm. um, just to see their day-to-day life. Like the current season has like an illustrator in there, got a musician, got a model. It's it, it's less so like how Big Brother is here in the sense of like, oh my God, I'm just here to like... oh Why am I speaking like an American?
1: I don't know, it's a British show.
0: Yeah, right? Geord- I can't, can I do a Geordie accent? Can you give me a Geordie accent to like work off? Uh, Merely. Me, Mi- me. Mi- I'm just gonna get me some, uh, like, no, know, f- I, I definitely- it's Ant and and deck. <laughs> I, I can't do it then. Uh, what,
1: what's what what phrase do you want said? Uh,
0: just essentially say, I'm here to <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say it. Everyone knows what I'm gonna say. All right. Um, well, anyway, <laughs> but stuff like that is coming through. Um, Alice is learning Japanese, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, to you earlier, um, along with. Japanese food's really good. Like we have a lot more Japanese restaurants here. Like, Wagamama's, like Wagamamas is, is big. Is Yo
1: Sushi is huge. big. There's Mount Fuji in Cardiff as well. It's good. Yeah, been there. Teriyaki. Mm. Oh, barbecue
0: teriyaki is amazing.
1: Anyway, carry on. Yeah, there. Are th- so, what are we talking about? Yes, the Edo period. Yeah, you were saying about. There's how... a nice, nice thing I read. I can't remember where I read it, that talks about the three unifiers of Japan. Hmm. Um. Nobunaga pounds the rice cake Hideyoshi needs the rice cake Ieyasu finally sits down and eats the rice cake basically how those three men like or those two men like really paved the way for the Tokugawa shogunate to take power like Oda Nobunaga probably the one, probably the most influential person it's planting a
0: seed in a garden you don't see exactly so like exactly. I plant the seed my son Oh daughter, grandson my uh, grandson, the fruit. Yeah, what is, it, what is it? And then my grandson eats the apple. Mm-hmm.
1: For normal people, the Sengoku period, as far as I know, was a lawless time. <laughs> kind of like the Wild West. Uh, with little to no centralized administration and regional daimyo so focused on power and expansion, the general peasantry were kind of forgotten about. And obviously, we talked about the Ikoiki before and how they, they rose up against this kind of feudal class. That's why. During the Sengoku period, it was like, "Oh, have the peasants got corn? No. Have my warriors got swords? Yes. Excellent. You know what I mean? That's more what the focus was. Interesting. That's all I have for you today, RJ. Oh, I got some recommended reading. Go for it. If you'd like to, if you or the viewers at home would like to look up some of these books, listeners, uh, a new book that I managed to say get my hands on, get my eyes on, I should say, is called Sengoku Jidai: Nobunaga, Hideyoshi, and Ieyasu: Three Unifiers of Japan." by Danny Chaplin, came out last year. The Making of Modern Japan, by Marius Jansen, which came out 11 years ago. And The Battles of the Samurai, by Stephen Turnbull. Good books. Read them.
0: And you if you're not into that kind of thing, watch Terrace
1: House on Netflix. New season just out. Or, if you're not into that kind of thing, you could watch The History of Japan by... Bill Wurtz. Bill, Bill Wurtz. Bill there we Wirtz. go.
0: I did check mid episodes.
1: <laughs> nice shout-out to Bill Wurtz. He's a cool guy. You talked about Bill Wurtz's videos before.
0: Yeah, for the history of the entire world, I guess.
1: That's it. The history of the entire world, I guess. I have seen parts of that.
0: It's very good. Um, he, I, I want him to make another comeback. He didn't make a big video last year, because three years ago he made History of Japan. Then two years ago he dropped History of the entire world, I guess. And
1: then last mm. year he didn't drop anything. Some of my favorite history channels on YouTube are... Uh, well, one of them is certainly History Oversimplified. Yeah, you told me about that one. Yeah. History Oversimplified is good. Gives you a nice baseline... Um, baseline knowledge of history in general. Where you can take that and maybe come into, I don't know, history with a little kind of... A little knowledge you can get a slightly deeper dive. Depends on the episode.
0: Me and um, Alex also both like... This isn't going to really involve Japan. But if you also like just weird niche kind of there's british stuff in it that it does talk about maps <laughs> you know where i'm going mm-hmm. already uh jay foreman like they talk about maps with map men uh they go through time zones and like mm-hmm. why does china um have one time zone because they stupid though, uh like the sun would be like rising at 4am mm-hmm. oh not 4am like 2am somewhere yeah exactly um, and Br- select so, like, people who are below China, are like really bring in the new year long. Bef- after them, brings in
1: my uh, them. brings in my second love, which is geography. Really big fan of geography. Maybe one day we'll do IDKG. <laughs> I I don't know geography. Well, I'll quiz RJ about when I finally Oxmo know lakes. Hist-
0: <laughs> when I finally know history, you can finally bump me up in geography. Did you Did you know that I nearly had a B? Uh, a C in geography. I was, I think, a very few marks away. A and they were like, Yeah. And they were like, get this remarked. You might be able to bump it up, but it'll cost you £25 to get it remarked. And I was like, will I get the money back if if uh, they they mark Give me, me up? Yeah. yeah. And they were like, right. yes, you'll get your money back. And I was like, so if I don't, I'm down £25 and I've definitely got a D. A C. I think... Oh, God. No, I think it was a D. But I was so short from getting a C. um, Which would have... Yeah. Would have meant I left school with five GCSEs, not four.
1: I got a B in uh, geography. I was devastated. <laughs> I wish no, I had No, because, it. like, I don't mean... All st- I remember from go-
0: geography is stalactites go up and uh-huh. stalactites go down. Yeah. Because tights go down. Yeah. And I'm like, but... But they also tites go up. Tights go up.
1: Are you just being curvy tights hang tightly stalagmites stand mightily I think that's better anyway if you've enjoyed this episode of our new history please <laughs> make sure you follow us on twitter at historyidk and also make sure you check out all the amazing podcasts at podmage.com a, a different, different kind, kind of casting. casting also if you'd like to pledge to the podcast please make sure you check out patreon.com forward slash podmage anything else have I missed anything uh you gotta ask me something So I do. RJ, do you feel like you know
0: a little bit more about history? I feel like I know a little bit more about history.
1: Thank you very much and goodbye.